computer and apparently i didn't oh. have google chrome so i had to download it <laughs> i apologize y'all were like what? Oh, in, in the interim we built a new business idea oh, with you perfect. right perfect <laughs> you're part of it perfect <laughs> you're a key component of it <laughs> are, are you guys giving me more work to do yes <laughs> but you're up to do it so <laughs> all right i'll, I'll, see, all I'll right, see what i can do um, so one of my business advisors is here in Amsterdam as well. Um, and she's like, yeah, let's write a white paper about this because, yes. you know, queer tech company, perhaps the first queer woman and trans man owned tech company, perhaps we think we are, goes to the fifth largest tech hub in all of Europe and nobody talks about diversity. Mm. And y'all are giving away 90% of your euros to white men. And you're telling me this as you're interviewing with me. And I'm like, well, what's the point of this if I don't have access? So Freak, um, we're generating earnings. It's mm -hmm. it's a really simple model. It's like running a theater, running a club, right? So we've got the space. We lease you the space. You need to sell tickets. We can help you sell tickets. Um, we help you stage manage. Uh, we help you tech assistance, bounce, like whatever assistance the the partner needs to make their event soar. And then we generate earnings by selling space and tickets to events that people love. And so, you know, let's say when we do the tag magazine, diversity, inclusion, and tips workshop. <laughs> Sorry, I'm an ML. No, it's fine. Please continue. <laughs> I love how open you are to this. We're like, here's more work, more work, make us better. We charge a very reasonable, let's say $8. And Freak gets four and Ebony gets four and, and we're all benefiting. We're all pulling together. And so it's a very simple model. Like it's a yeah. very like elegant, I think it's elegant. And so we've got a business model that's working. So I think they need us more than we need them sometimes. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I also wonder if they in some way are also kind of tokenizing. And when I say mm -hmm. tokenizing, like if you're telling me they've never worked with LGBTQ folks or even people of color, it's like they're like, okay, we need to like look good, right? Right. It's kind of performative allyship in a way. Like we got to look Ooh. good. Uh, and if we bring on, you know, this LGBTQ tech company, it'll make us look good or whatever. I don't know the conversations you've had, um, but that was one of the thoughts that hit me, you know? Yeah. I did say it sounds like we'd be the first. So for listening audiences, we're talking about incubators for Freak because we'd love to build the capacity of this company and we're, and we're ready. So wait, we hang on. Can I jump in and say, let's tell listeners who we are? <laughs> yeah. Let's, okay. Let's act like we're starting this. Uh, use whatever you want at the beginning. I'm fine with that, but let's officially. No, this is what we do. We, we chat and then we're like, oh shit, we need to say our names. So this is totally in line with Perfect. what we do. <laughs> so i'm a pigeon also go by riley depending on whether you want to be legal or not and i built the tech that freak runs on and i'm working constantly to improve it and um i'm a co-founder of freak with massey 
And Massey, kick it over to you. I am Sarah Massey, co-founder of Freak, which is available at freq.love. And we throw the most outrageously awesome, fun, joyous events on the internet for LGBTQ plus and queer folks. She, her, coming at you from Amsterdam, Netherlands today. <laughs> I don't know why I said it Good like that. Call. But it's answered here. Good call on the pronouns. We haven't done that and before. Holy crap. We haven't done our pronouns before? No, I don't think we have. Well... Jubilikers. Okay, so we have a special guest today who I feel like we've known each other for a hot minute. It's Is it like 10 years? <laughs> I think it's something like that. It's got to be. Maybe even more than 10, but we'll say 10. We'll just say 10. Right, back when we were teenagers. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> when we were kids in preschool. We <laughs> were baby kids. Okay, Ebony, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. I love the work you all are doing. Uh, so it's just cool to be on here and, and chat with you all. But yes, for those who don't know me, um, my name is Ebony Bell or Ebene Bell. I do have that accent on the last E, whatever you want. Uh, I am the editor, founder, owner of Tag Magazine, which is a print publication and website for everything lesbian, queer, and under the rainbow. Uh, and this month, September, we celebrate nine years of Tag Magazine, which is unreal, no. which is super unreal. Yes. So next year will be our 10th anniversary. So I'm really excited uh, about that. Oh, but yeah, congratulations. I'm just committed to our community. Uh, and like I was talking to you all beforehand, I'm committed to also diversity, inclusion, and talking about allyship. And I'm lucky enough to be out and about and talking to schools and companies about it. So that's a little bit about me. And again, I just thank you all for having me. I mean, nine, 10 years, woman owned queer business in media. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that, I'm you, oh, and I hope, I hope I'm not overstepping with this, but let's also say that Ebony is a, a person of color. Yeah, no, and I'm is... pretty, maybe by my name, they might have figured, but no, you're not overstepping well, by any means. Okay. And I forgot to say pronouns, she, hers. But yeah, I'm. Uh, that's another thing. I'm a Black-owned, Black, queer-owned women business. Um, wow. And I just got Amazing. finished talking about how black women owned businesses don't get a lot of support uh, financially. Right. Uh, so yeah, I've seen that. Um, you know, it's not a complaint. It just is what it is. Uh, and I should note tag is one of two LGBTQ women's print publications left in the country. Oh, no, no. Uh, so we oh, no. are working hard to make sure uh, that we stick around. Yeah, let's, yes. let's yes, please let us know because we want to help make sure you use the ground. Yeah, listen, yes. we're going to partner so up we in, were? in some capacity. I know it. I know it for <laughs> a fact. Uh, and I'm a big believer in supporting each other, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, we grow together. Outside communities and stuff do it all the time. And so it's really important that we do the same thing so we all thrive, you know? Oh, yes, I'm so happy absolutely. to hear you say that. Sustainability yeah. is a real thing, y'all. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. In all possible ways, sustainability. Um, Pigeon, you're kind of going in and out. Oh, crap. I'm also lagged. Okay. That's a huge problem. So I will refrain from talking too much. 
oh, well, you know, <laughs> talk when the spirit moves you. And like you said, you have great, a great editor, right? A great editor too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so let's, okay, we're going to go back. Yeah, we have a great editor. Thank you. Um, let's jump into, again, this is the, this is the million dollar question. Um, so, you know, as you well know, Freak is seeking to create a safer space online. And I say safer, like safer sex, right? Because there's only so much I, we can do in creating a space in terms of safety, because, um, you know, I can't reach into your computer and help you with all your safety settings. That's one aspect. And also people are people, right? And like, even when we ask everyone to bring their best selves to an event, you know, sometimes we're not always our best. So it's safer, like safer sex, right? Condoms break. <laughs> sometimes you go to freak and it's not perfect. <laughs> but there could get you, there's, hopefully there's a pill for that, but it's a whole different story. Um, so for us, like in order, so we're, we first built this as a COVID response. So you're going to take away our pride parade. You're going to take away our lesbian bars. You're going to take away the places where we connect with our, you know, invaluable, powerful connections. But as LGBTQ plus people, we can't be going on to commercial tech that bullies and censors us. So that was one of our big instigating ideas behind Freak. Um, so Queer Liberation Online is what I'm leading up to. What do you think it is? How can we do it better? Uh, so you guys are doing it great. I want to make sure that I say that, uh, but I love the fact uh, that you're saying better because I think I'm assuming you're asking that in general, but maybe also for what you all are doing uh, as well. And so I think you all are a great model for queer uh, liberation online, for sure. Um, what you're doing, like you said, you're providing, you know, the safest space that you can. Uh, I know how inclusive you all are, how it's judgment-free zone. Uh, any other platform you get on, uh, you see people, you know, attacking folks, negative comments, all of that. Uh, and that doesn't help uh, the LGBTQ community, especially our youth, for sure, that mm. are really impressionable. Uh, so it's important for there to be spaces like yours where people can be unapologetically who they are. And I think that's like a huge goal for everyone. Um, you know, I had to like really grow to be that person who is unapologetically me. And this didn't happen when I was 18. I mean, this happened in like my late twenties, you know, uh, and I'm in my thirties now. And so I'm just saying to have that freedom is an amazing feeling. And I think platforms like yours provide that uh, for sure. And I also think anyone that is just providing any sort of visibility in our community um, is really important. I always say the best form of activism is visibility. Plus, you don't know who's watching, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and who mm -hmm. appreciates it. Uh, I said this offline before people listening, uh, for TAG, we do like a monthly series where we interview our favorite celebrities and celesbians, as they say. And last Ooh. month, I interviewed Leah Delaria. And something she said to me really stuck with me. And she was kind of freaking out because she was like, oh, my God, I've never been interviewed 
by like a masculine center woman or a butch woman. She was saying that it's always like really feminine people, you know, uh, straight and, you know, queer. uh, And she was kind of freaking out about it. And I thought, how amazing uh, that is to be able to somewhat be the face of, because I think that's a big part of liberation too. Mm. Uh, and so I think in that way, we've contributed to it because you just never know, you know, who's watching. Uh, and, you know, like you said, I'm a, a Black queer woman uh, and mask in the center. And if you really think about it, like if you look into tech or you just look at entertainment, how many people do you see that look like me? Mm-mm. You don't. Uh, and so and there's should. a way for us to be on. And we should, that's a whole nother right. conversation. And we right. absolutely and we should. should. So I feel like I'm right. rambling on here, but my <laughs> point is I think freak is a great example of doing that. And if anyone is, uh, you know, looking to, create something that inspires that, I think they should absolutely look to you as a, as a model for sure. And if you just want to start on a smaller scale, just be visible online uh, because you just never know who's watching. Yeah. We, we really take that to heart. I'm so glad you said the thing about, you know, the baby queers and our youth too. Like not only are we impressionable, but we're at risk, you know? Um, So as we come into our own, these are really tough times, uh, you know, for adolescents as we evolve, no matter, no matter what, no matter what, and as LGBTQ plus person, at some point you're going to face a hurdle. And if, right, if we're not out there really being vocal for me, you know, I'm an activist, vocal, visible, up in y'all's face, riding my Harley, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) because the, the young folks need to see us. Everybody needs to see us. What's great about being LGBTQ plus too is we are everyone. We are in every society, at every level of society. That means that we can connect across all these differences. And so, yes, Freak wants to do that. So thank you for the love about that. And so liberation for us too is about on, our, on the Freak platform, there's no artificial intelligence spying. There's no biased algorithms. We do not sell your data. We do not collect your data for anything other than just processing. And we think that's a huge aspect of liberation. What is up with not being able to get away from this like big brother computer system that's like making bad things happen in the world? So, but that's me proselytizing. Let's go back. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. I mean, people need to know this that are listening. Yeah. And as queer people, so, you know, the GLAAD organization, one of the most important LGBTQ media organizations in the USA, wanted to rate the different uh, social medias, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. So they wanted to do a rating system so that they could help them improve and all five of the big social medias failed every marker of safety for LGBTQ plus people. So they can't, they cannot call them safe at all. And so if you're, if you're queer, you're getting censored and you're getting bullied on the biggest social media sites in the USA. And that's just really scary. So at Freak, we're not interested in any of that. We are interested in full expression. <laughs> Come as you are, do your thing. And of course, we embrace sex positivity as a joyous, pleasurable thing because many of us in our community get together around sexuality uh, mm-hmm. as well. How sad is that? That none of them 
None of them. Twitter. They, they didn't even TikTok. come close. They didn't even like just a little bit. All of them. Yikes. Categorically, categorically unsafe for LGBTQ plus people. And so when you're talking, that's some of the biggest media in, in the world that are, our communities are getting bullied. And like you said, the bad comments and the, the cycles of division. And so we're out here like, let's come together. <laughs> so maybe we're a little like utopic over here, a little utopia, but we are both. And we are seeking a vision of liberation and safety and queerness. And we, like I said, we have this great business model that's like elegantly simple because it it's very transparent. I make money on an event. You make money on an event. <laughs> and don't we need economic security? That's the other aspect as well, right? So, what what's happening with these, um, you know, great companies like ours not getting funding? Well, okay, let me go get a lot of money and then fund them <laughs> if I have to. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> It's just like, what's up with that? Considering, well, we all know what's up with that. Okay, so diversity, inclusion, and allyship. Can you define for our listening audience for whom these may be new words? What does diversity, inclusion, and allyship mean? And you're going out here and t- talking to people about it. Sure. Um, I guess I would just say like on a basic level, you know, when we think about diversity, Uh, It's like, you know, understanding that, you know, understanding our differences, right? And there are so many differences. And I want to make sure that I say this because a lot of times when, you know, we think about diversity, we immediately go to race. And absolutely, that is a part of diversity and should also be a focus. Uh, But it's really important we think about, you know, uh, LGBTQ folks, women, immigrants, people with disabilities, you know, the list goes on. But also within that definition is, you know, understanding that each individual is unique. Uh, So that's just the surface level uh, definition of diversity. And inclusion is what we are working on currently, probably across the world. But, you know, I live in the United States, so I'll just go ahead and talk about what I know. Not everywhere. Okay. Yeah. So we want to be talking about inclusion across the world. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We want to talk about it across the world. And I mean, I feel like, again, on a basic level, it's including people and being intentional about the including people. So yeah. uh, if you look around and everyone in the room looks like you, you need to work on your diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And we also want to work on things like language, right? We talk about inclusive language. And sometimes through our actions or even our words, we can easily, easily exclude people. Yeah, And that's a focus. We want to make sure that everyone feels included. And, you know, I talk about diversity, inclusion, and I'm not even perfect. You know, when I came up with the board uh, description for the tax scholarship fund, I put in like a lot of nonprofits, you want your board to bring in a certain amount of money. And it was somebody within on the board, and now she's on the board, that brought it to my attention. And immediately I was like, I just left out a certain socioeconomic group. Just like that. Was never my intention to do it. But immediately I excluded them. And like, if somebody wants to make a difference in this organization, I Mm -hmm. want them. But sometimes we just 
forget. And so when we think about inclusion and we look at our words and our actions, we should be asking, does everyone, does everyone, no matter who they are, do they feel included? Right. So again, that's the basic level of recognizing differences and making sure that our language and actions are included. And probably the, the most popular conversation with me, but also my favorite is allyship. Hands down. Okay. Allyship <laughs> is basically in, you know, like an in-group. So ever that mainstream group that will probably never experience things, the marginalized community experiences, them fighting for social justice, human rights, uh, equality for to advance the interests of like an out-group. Right. Mm, like again, yes. basic level, you are a partner. Allies are partners. They're accomplices. Uh, sometimes allies come in as saviors and we have to be careful of that because we always want to keep the community uh, and the cause at the forefront. Uh, but I love Not talking really. about allyship because this is probably what we need now more than ever. Um have we always needed allies since the age of time? Absolutely. Uh, but I feel like there's more of a movement with young people, with people of all backgrounds. And so the reason I love talking about allyship is because there really is power in that. Um, yes. Fortunately, unfortunately, people tend to listen to you, the ally, when I say you, just in yep. general. Um, yep. They tend to listen more to people who look like them, which is really unfortunate, yep. but it's the truth. If it's the marginalized group or person, it's kind of like this whole like, oh, there they go again, complaining about Mm -hmm. stuff. But Mm -hmm. when a cis white man calls out a new cis white man, that's a whole nother ball game. I wish it wasn't like that, but that's the world we're living right now. So supporting, being a partner, speaking up, bringing, elevating voices of marginalized communities, that's what allyship looks like. And I, I absolutely love talking about it yeah. again, because I, it's a power. It's not like, I'm not talking about some like invisible metaphorical kind of stuff. Yeah. Like it really sure. is a power. And so I go around to just remind people like, Hey, you're sitting on a power just so you know, you yeah. know what, what I mean? You doing with that? What, what have you done? <laughs> exactly. Think for yourself. You don't have to answer it now. So MA, thank you so much for those definitions and for the time you just spent. I'm listening I want you to know that I'm taking it in and I'm incorporating what I'm learning from you and and the wisdom that you're throwing down on me because, uh, yeah, I'm cis white woman um, and I have privilege and access. I actually had this come up in a job one time where we were talking about working with the media and how the media, um, traditional media, let's say like New York Times, Washington Post, well, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, it re-victimizes our populations, etc. And so one of the reasons why I work in this is because I can facilitate getting the voice because the media looks like me and they listen to me when I talk to them, right? And it's like, that's a really fucked up thing, Washington Post, New York Times, maybe more diverse now than it was back then, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But still, y'all, got a lot of work to do to ensure that reporters and editors are thinking like readers who are incredibly diverse. There, there's my little preach over there. But so, but speaking of, as I was talking about, and uh, Pigeon and I were talking about uh, Freak 
is now looking at a business incubator program and, and I'm researching a bunch bunches because we're ready y'all <laughs> like incubate us give us your money we, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are we're, like we we want to grow we want to meet more people we have a product that works and we're making money and we just want to get, get going so we need we want an incubator and accelerator and I'm looking and we're at, fucking hungry and we're hungry and we want business and we're great at business so by the way <laughs> um I'm looking at these programs in the Netherlands and not one said diversity or inclusion in their, like how to apply to our programs. And like, here are the 10 points. And so I brought it up and uh, to one of the leaders of the program. And I said, you know, I, I don't understand how is it that it's 2021 and not one of your criteria is who I'm employing. Right. I shaking our heads like, no, 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 no. So, you know, challenge set <laughs> um i'm more than willing to put together a diversity inclusion and allyship program for your incubators call me <laughs> um, yes so listen they they definitely need it and i'm around too so you just let me yeah. know and in this whole situation with technology um i want to give some love to to pigeon here um because you know, it is this Silicon, you know, dude bro fest. And I think in many regards, like the, the, how we make money became so kind of ingrained in their mentality that they can't get out of their own way to actually do things that benefit people because right. it's just profit, profit, profit. And yeah, there's like great tools, but if your tool is being used for hate and organizing violence and organizing bullying, is that a really good tool? I don't think so. In my humble opinion, I don't think you should be in business if you're hurting people. That's just me. <laughs> that's, well, I mean, that is a very good point, and that should be everyone, but here we are. Here we are. And so I, this, that was kind of like a backwards compliment to uh, Pigeon, who builds our tech and is a tech genius, because he don't, he, he's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, you sound great. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. So um, observing inside that particular group and like, I don't want to, mm, I don't want to make anybody sound evil, but it's like a lot of people don't even see why they should get out of their own way because they're making money. And that was the whole point was making money. It wasn't necessarily to improve lives. I mean, look at look at the origins of Facebook. It was to rate women on campus. And we're surprised oh that, that that grew into a cesspool. I'm not. <laughs> I'm absolutely not. The guy in charge of it was, if I remember correctly, this might be anecdotal, but I, I think he experimented at one point just to see, like, if I put a social security number field on here, will people fill it in? And they did. Mm. So it's like it, you start from a bad idea. You're going to continue to be a bad idea. And if it makes money, like, why change it? So that's that's one thing I really love about Freak and coming in with an amazing person like Massey is we're we're starting from a completely different place. And hopefully the money will come just so we can pay everybody. I want to, I want to do this for and employ a lot more people and employ a lot more people. Yeah. I meant to include that with the, yeah. And keep the, a community yeah. thriving. Exactly. And then we bring in, you know, I know we're doing it right. Cause we attract amazing people like Emma day that 
oh my god you are you are top shelf you are <laughs> top <laughs> shelf i love and- it i love it <laughs> and i also i'm like I need to question myself that immediately when you said top shelf, I went right to liquor. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, obviously, I know what you mean, but I'm like, <laughs> why am I like this? <laughs> no, that was the reference. That's what where it comes it? from. You're like, you're the good stuff. <laughs> good that is stuff. a reference, but I'm like, immediately, I'm like, hmm, what, what, what drinks do I have here at this season? <laughs> what can we have a drink? Legit. Yeah. I was like, what am I going to have a drink this evening? <laughs> Oops. Just, well, just okay, let's that. let's take a second to acknowledge that there is an alcohol problem in the queer community. Yes. Oh. The only place we could congregate for the longest time was bars. But that's kind of a sideline. Maybe you should have used Good point. Good point. It's important because, yes, we acknowledge our you know opportunities for growth, but it's one of the reasons why freak exists. Because the gay bar and the parade and these other opportunities might not fit your lifestyle right. because you're sober or you don't want to drink. And so what's great about Freak, you come to one of our events, nobody's handing you a cocktail at Freak. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't feel pressured. Right. I hope you don't feel pressured. I don't know as much about that side, but I can't hand you a drink. <laughs> That's half the battle right there. I can't actually give you a drink. I can't give you a drink. I can't. And then, um, so sober space, people who can't be out mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, also, we've had folks, you know, going through different types of transitions. You know, maybe it's just not a great time uh, for them. But you can have a great time with us. Maybe recovering. Hang out with us. Oh, um, I hadn't thought about that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. A place for queer recovery. Well, no, that makes it sound like recovering from queer. Nobody needs to recover from being queer. But- yeah, no. <laughs> hope y'all are, well, you have it on audio. I was going to say, hope y'all are writing these ideas now, but clearly you have it here. Yeah, so we'll just then, back to the podcast. And then, and um, obviously different abilities and access issues around. So right. accessibility, inclusivity. No, we have, we have big dreams. Have an NL. We have big dreams. <laughs> Uh, listen, I'm right with you. I'm all about big dreams, big goals, all of that. Yes. Uh, so I'm rooting for you all. Oh, Seriously. You. I love what you all uh, are doing. And you made a really good point, Riley, that you're starting from a good place. And I think that oh. says a lot. And when you continue to do that and you continue to be authentic and you continue to do something you love, I always say the money will come. You know, yeah. it may not come exactly when you want, but it will be coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Trust me. I mean, I wish we made a, a immediate money when I started oh, yeah. tech, but that it was the complete opposite, basically, for the most part, you know, but it will happen. It will absolutely happen. So I don't know if you all talked about this when I was offline struggling with tech. I'm the best tech guy in the world. Um, did you talk about the origins of TAG? I'm really curious how TAG Ooh, let's hear that. Yeah, no, we did not. So uh, perfect question. Yay. So um, it's now September 2021, and we just turned nine uh, in September. So super excited about that. Uh, so yeah, nine years ago, I uh, was working at ARP at the time. Uh, And I was doing like their digital content and things like that. Uh, What was really cool, something I got to kind of leave behind with them, 
they didn't have a LGBTQ page or like pride page. And so I was one of three people who put it together. Uh, and if you go to ARP.org slash pride, and it's just so cool to like, that I got a chance to do that before leaving. So yeah, I was That's working beautiful. ARP. The best way I can put it is universe stuff just started to kind of happen where somebody asked me about doing a queer women's publication. And then I got another kind of message too. And then I start putting it together, uh, how it would look. But the reason that I started it is because of visibility and invisibility. Uh, Essentially, so I'm here in DC. And so we did start off local first. And other publications, LGBTQ publications, were very white, gay, male-centric. Literally to the point that uh, I remember one of the first like presentations I gave when I started TAG. Uh, and it was literally talking about TAG. I picked up one of the other magazines. I didn't even look at it. Literally just picked it up. Then at the beginning of the presentation, I said, I had somebody taken. I said, I want you to count how many men you see in the first 10 pages. And I want you to go back and count how many women you see. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not even talk about people color, all that. I just made it basic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I made yeah. it basic at this point. And it was 33 in 10 pages, 33 men and three women. Holy shit. Uh-huh. I literally said, this is why I started Tag Magazine. It's, it's literally the reason is because I want to see people who look like me. There are there are queer women out there that tell that have amazing stories mm-hmm. that deserve to be told. Mm-hmm. Young queer women who deserve to see people who look like them, who have succeeded, who are musicians, artists, activists, all of it. We are an amazing community. And what I'm hoping that I'm doing for our community is leaving some sort of history. Like I think about here in DC, we had something called Ladders and it was the first lesbian publication in DC. And I like, somebody had given it to me to just like look at. And I was just like, this is so the coolest thing ever because I got to kind of see how things were, you know, at the time where there was no internet, there was no like, hey, let's meet up RSVP on here on Evite. They had to call. There was like a landline that people called in secret and stuff. Oh, like, wow. you know, it's just so cool to see that and see how far we've come. And so what I, my hope is, is that, I don't know. I don't know how long tags, you know, gonna uh, exist. I hope for a long time, but like 20, 30, 50 years from now, I want somebody to be able to pick that up and have a little bit of like history, like what was going on then? Who was making a difference? And, you know, if this person did it, then I can do it too right. type of situation. That's uh, so amazing. that was a big reason was I wanted visibility for queer women, for trans folks, for queer people of color, because I wasn't seeing them. And so I left my nice cushy job uh, <laughs> to start this full time uh, because I just felt our stories were important. And the name tag is I wanted a name that said connection, linking people. And when you play the game of tag, you have to reach out and touch someone. So that's exactly why. Yeah. Why I started tag and the reason we, why we have the name as well. And I will say talking about inclusion again and how I'm not perfect. We started off in DC 
and our tagline was your connection to the DC lesbian community. Our community is more than that, even just within the queer women's <laughs> yeah, right. in, in that. Uh, and again, great intentions, but maybe not very intentional about it. Uh, my heart was in the right place. And mm -hmm. so even to think about people who were like colleagues or friends of mine, not even reading it just because of a word because they assumed it was like, I remember somebody was like, oh, I just assumed it was like mainstream lesbians, like, you know, femme white women. And I'm like, first and oh. foremost, <laughs> I'm a lesbian woman of color. Right. And why the F would it be? Yeah, it doesn't even make sense to me, but I get it. I needed to hear that. Right. Uh, and so that's when we changed our tagline to everything lesbian, queer, and under the rainbow. And we grew to more of a national presence. And uh, I love that tagline. That tagline. Yeah. I mean, from my me perspective, too. it's so inclusive. <laughs> and I'm probably missing something when I hear that, but it's so inclusive and welcoming. That's the it's thing. Beautiful. That's that's what's really important. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, that's what you all are doing. We yeah. all understand how important inclusion is and invisibility. I know I'm sounding like I'm on repeat. <laughs> but it's true it's that, that important. you know what i mean it's super true and it's important for people to see that we were talking yeah. offline about me you know going around or whatever and doing these presentations and i probably hear you know out of the let's say 10 that i did this month i would say maybe at least out of seven i had queer kids come up to me young queer students. I love that I'm saying kids now because I feel like I've reached that age. <laughs> and saying, you know, I can't believe that you're here. Like, I can't believe I'm watching or I was listening to a queer person that looks like you. Like, they were, they're just saying thank you. And that's not about me. Right. It could have been anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That identifies, yeah. looks like me, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just saying how important that is. And it's important to note for the for for the record, this is 2021, and we're still talking about how um, our representation matters and our visibility matters, and how we're just not there yet. And then you know, we're talking about how women's startups only get two or 3% of startup money available, right? And then let's talk about people of color, and then let's talk about queers. So where am I at? I'm gonna get like 0 0.001. <laughs> like, I laugh about it, it's not funny. Because what that means is that our communities who we're working with are being left out of economic security. So it's not funny. And we seek to, to shake that up a bit and say, you know, yeah, it doesn't have to be this way. And then what's the affirmative of why diversity, inclusion, allyship matter is because we're stronger together. Mm. Yes. Preach. <laughs> that's that's I mean, it. There's a, there's a British physicist. He has Tim Berners-Lee has a great quote. He says, we need diversity of thought in the world to face new challenges. Oh, I'm like, boom, well, that's here, it. Here's the thing. Okay. Global pandemic, a situation in our home country where all Americans that is devastating the health infrastructure devastating the loss i can't even comprehend the loss so we are in a, a tragic op oppressive scary moment 
who's coming up with the solutions, not the people who put us in this oppressive, scary moment. The right. people who are going to help us achieve are going to be queers and people of color and other marginalized populations because we know how to overcome. So you told me I could preach. I preached. <laughs> no, I, I want you. I I want you to preach for sure. Yes. I mean, everything you're saying is absolutely on point. And I always say folks from marginalized communities, a lot of times, like we just know the struggle, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're used to it. So like this whole, and we don't have to get into to all of this, but this whole like people fighting, like about wearing a cl- piece of cloth, like mm. on their face. Right. Again, mm-hmm. we don't need to dive into it, but for marginalized communities, black and brown folks, queer folks, it's like, we have y'all want to talk about not having freedom right (laughs) like do we really want to do this so for us putting on a cloth is nothing 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 compared to being you know as they used to call it being gay bashed uh, being hung by a tree like let's be freaking real like uh, having to i don't know being assaulted for sitting at a a countertop but y'all are angry because a piece of cloth come on now yeah and what, I, what upsets me in this moment, but again, goes to our movement. Y'all don't remember just 40 years ago when we had the HIV AIDS crisis coming through and the conservatives basically said, let us die, let them die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because of our lifestyle and who we are uh, because we do drugs and we have sex. Mm-hmm. And and I hear the same words coming up this time around, not inside of our community. I see, I see the queers pulling together. That's what I see personally. Uh, I see it outside of our community um, of division and and fear and and oppression. Again, that's oppressive, and it's because of the HIV AIDS movement and you know the activism that I personally was inspired to get involved. Because what I saw was that they were just gonna, the powers that be were just gonna turn their back on the people. And through our activism and through our collective work, we were we were able to change that into a position that I never thought that we'd get to with HIV AIDS, which is a disease that we now have pills that can help protect us from and from much longer life. And, you know, it's it's not a death sentence right. that it was when I was a kid. I don't mean to digress all over the place, but it also goes to show, though, that it's another form of marginalization when we don't treat our people and we don't treat yep. them. Um, and that's what's happening I see. And so we need a safer space. We always need safer spaces. We need them in real life too. We need safer spaces for our, our big, wonderful rainbow. Everybody under the rainbow. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Even within, within our own LGBTQ community, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I know there are people that question why is there black pride or Latinx pride. And it's like, really? Yes, of course we can all get together for general pride. Mm -hmm. But there are experiences that certain groups, well, I guess experience. And I remember going to, oh, I can't remember the name I'm having complete. Oh, Wicked Mondays in D.C. It's predominantly black queer women. Uh, And I remember talking to somebody who was there and they were like, you know, this is a place of healing for us. Right. So yes, of course we're dancing and, you know, it's at a bar or whatever, but it's also a space of healing Mm -hmm. because we all 
understand, yes. you know, how it is mm. to be a black queer person. Mm. And it's not necessarily we're going in and being like, oh, this is what happened to me today. And that's, But if we did, that's okay. But it's like this unspoken yes. energy that it's like, I'm with people who really understand because they are literally going through the yeah. same things. And so even within our own community, Ugh. those safe spaces are really, yeah. really important. But there's so much psychic energy spent on trying to explain to other people. And when you're in a space with people that you know understand your experience and have possibly lived some of your experience, am I cutting out again? You cut out for a second. Okay. Maybe just for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you knew because I make really weird yeah. expressions. No, that's that, perfect. Like, I could never play poker, by the way. <laughs> I want to let me know. I want to give an an editing note, um, which is instead of saying you and your spaces, refer to your I and my spaces. You were talking about us creating spaces. Oh, sorry, I meant you. It was like the royal you, but I understand that. But it's uh, okay. Okay, it's um. Just another way of like, you know, we own our own. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Well, there's also the the throwback of I've never felt queer enough. So I'm always talking about oh, other, space, no. other people's spaces. You know that, Massey. I know, but in this context, I didn't put it yeah. together. It's um, And it's not with you two. You two are amazing, no. but it's just <laughs> in general, like throughout my life, I've never felt queer enough. And I'm white, so I can't participate in any of the, the black or POC spaces. I mean, not without being a disruptive force. Mm. So it's like, logically, I know that I'm part of marginalized groups, but like I haven't felt it. I don't, I don't think I've had enough adversity in my life to really feel like I belong. <laughs> which is not me inviting adversity but you know so that's a real feeling and your feelings are absolutely valid uh, do you all do you mind if i flip <laughs> the switch and ask you do a it. question just because of what you said so i'm curious what you just what you think i i feel like i've noticed that you know in so-called queer women spaces, or you can say lesbian spaces or whatever. Um, I know that there are trans individuals, but especially trans men who will take certain parties, events, queer women's event, you know, to task. Like, I don't feel welcome here, or you all aren't doing this, or you all aren't doing that. One, just in your experience or, you know, your personal opinion, Two questions. What are the things that are are missing? And how do I say this? Why do you think that it's only targeted towards lesbian and queer women's spaces? And please know, I, I hope there's, you know, this is genuinely wanting me to know. Right. Well, there's no opinion that I have. So um, given my life and at what point I came into my current being, and, you know, I have kids, I have the family life, so I haven't been out in these spaces too much. So everything I say is really not representative. It's just like what I've processed in my own head. So as long as we have that on the table, expectations, I don't know. I think people just want to feel included. My understanding of putting expectations on certain spaces is I need you to put me first, quote unquote. Mm. Like it's if this is going to be my space, then it's going to be my rules, you know, and that's not mm. cool. That's not cool. Make I, my thought is make a space that has those rules from the get go and don't try to take over someone else's. Wow. Now, as for why it's specifically targeted against lesbians, queer women, 
because women have never been allowed to be full people. I mean, I feel like that one, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not the right answer because it feels so easy to me, but like women aren't allowed to exist without male presence. Interesting. So like, who cares if you're destroying a female space? It's just a female space. Who cares if we're changing those rules? It's just girl rules, you know? And there are trans men, and I'm taking this Mm -hmm. from my trans friends Mm -hmm. uh, who sometimes take on that persona Mm -hmm. of sometimes toxic masculinity and the whole I'm a man, you know, type of situation. Again, not all, but I know there are some. So when you said that, I'm like mind blown right now and of course we need to make it very clear it's just our opinions and stuff but i just the way you said that yeah is really interesting to me because i sometimes i'm think i'm like they don't complain about gay male spaces not being inclusive but then it's and again yes there are some people (laughs) yeah but do you know what i mean like i hear it more towards the lesbian queer women's community so that was also part of the reason uh, that I asked, but your your response, I'm like, Ooh. wow, this, well, is, and I think this is an article in the making. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's a really interesting uh, psychological thing to consider because it's definitely in my own transition in trying to present more masculine. And let me throw out there, I'm not actually a trans man. I am trans masculine. Um, I'm gender. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not even trying to be hundred percent guy necessarily what you know for whatever that means but there is sort of a um, a feeling that you get from society that you need to take on the more traditional presentation the more traditional roles and the examples we have are the exact same examples that cis men have it's toxic if we're gonna feel like a man if we're gonna be the men that we are is how i should phrase it then you do it the way you think men are supposed to be, which is fucking toxic. Oh, so the worst. It's you know, and again, like saying the same things you were saying, Ebony. That it, this is not everybody. This is an opinion. This is not like a study. I haven't collected data. Um, but it's just <laughs> a general feeling that I have about all of these spaces. And I'm gonna say something that might piss people off. Not you two, but people. Um, It's that I think when someone is a trans man or sometimes even trans masculine and they're taking on some of those more toxic personality traits and then they also want to be part of women's space. I mean, that's also, come on, that's man right there. Uh I'd say they're pulling off man perfectly because it's like, you got to listen to me no matter what. You got to listen to me. My voice has got to be heard. It's like, I just, I feel like that's crappy. (laughs) It's like you want all the spaces because you are a man. Come on. I have never thought about it that way, but everything you're saying, I'm just like, it's on, in my opinion, it's on point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Opinion, Um, opinion, opinion. And I think a lot of people who, who do agree, you know what I mean? And if they don't, that's okay too. We all, it's important to have conversations and, um, I'd love for somebody to follow up after this. Oh and my say, God. Yes. Hey, I, I don't maybe agree. And here's why. Here's my, yeah, you know, yeah. here's what I think. I, I would love I to hear say, that too. 
uh, change happens in conversation. So right. and community. If if you're in our community in any way, <laughs> let us know what you think. Um, right. Because we want to grow too and, and be right. open to to evolving. Right. And you know what? Even if people agree, but there's a different way for any of us to express these thoughts, that's great too. Like I am always trying to improve my connections to people and learning how to speak to people is a big part of that. So yeah, like any tips or points, I am absolutely not right on this. I have screwed something up. So feel free to let me know. <laughs> I don't think we screwed it up, but I do think that we've talked a lot. And- <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like midnight good. where Sarah is right now. Like falling over. I'm like, it's like six o'clock here. So I'm like, happy I hour time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be happy hour. It's going to be <laughs> that top shelf happy hour. No. Um, top shelf. Yeah. I, I love y'all. This rocks. Love you. Thank you for everyone who listens and tunes in. And uh, we are uh, doing a Patreon. You might have seen the link in our show notes, which means we are crowdfunding to build this incredible free cast and. Uh, bring emotion club classes to freak.love and that means motions for all bodies all physical types and that you do at home online with the freak and a bunch of those classes are going to be clothing optional so those are in development let's be super clear because i love the emotion part of it it's a great portmanteau but let's be clear that it is a portmanteau these are physical classes these are physical movement classes yeah for all bodies she does um, we've got one person who makes sure that she has variations on every movement that she does that can be done from a sitting position or whatever position is comfortable for you and your body yes because we love all bodies and all genders and all oh yeah at freak, but we know we don't always love clothes. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I love that <laughs> because this is about liberation um, and being free. And in a time when it's really difficult to connect because of the pandemic, the multiple pandemics, not just COVID. We, yeah. you know, hey, I I think it's my right to enjoy my body and and have a body and see other bodies and i think that's a big part of queerness too and that's part of why we do that just as an explainer of course wear what you want (laughs) exactly exactly thanks y'all thank you ebony i want to talk to you more oh my god you're amazing (laughs) oh thank you so much thanks for having me we have to do like a a part two Uh, and i'm I'm, I'm a little bit serious about that article so we'll be i'll be following up (laughs) oh hell yes let's do it in perfect thank you all for having me thank you so much thank you